Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. I do feel that there is some sort of other side that if there is a need to communicate, they find a way. I was 12 years old. And it was my fifth year at Camp Birchwood, this fantastic all-girls camp in northern Minnesota. I remember so clearly the night at the dining hall where they were going to announce the list of girls who were selected to go on this very special one-time-a-summer sailing trip. And we could not contain our excitement. So we get to the campsite. The great thing was, we pretty much had this whole campsite to ourselves. Then we just settled down around the campfire. And of course, someone had to say, you know, this place was haunted. So we're talking and talking and talking, gabbing, 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 until finally, literally, we could not keep our eyes open and we trailed off to sleep. A couple hours later in the wee hours of the morning, uh, I woke up and I had to use the bathroom. So I figured, oh, great, one of the other girls got up to go. So I unzipped the tent and stuck my head out. And I didn't see anybody. So I decided I would just go back to sleep. A little while later, I thought I heard this way, way off in the distance. And I, I felt like it was coming closer. Then I heard what sounded like a girl's scream. Really high-pitched. The kind that just chills you to the bone. So I shake Jenny awake. I said, Jenny, I, I swear to God, I just, I heard the screaming. And as she's trying to convince me that I didn't hear anything, we both heard it. And now starts sounding like it's circling our tent, going vroom, vroom. I mean, we were just holding on to each other the whole time, so scared. And we started to see some lights and shadows. So I figured, oh, God, thank God. I'm sure the counselors heard it too. It must be them. So we take a deep breath, and, and Jenny and I stick our head just a little, I mean, just a little, we open that zipper and stick our heads out. And it was just silent, completely silent. No flashlights, no people, just dead quiet of the backwoods. I don't know if it was out of sheer terror, exhaustion, or what, we finally fell back asleep. And the next morning, the first thing Jenny said was, we can't tell anyone about this. Ever. They'll make fun of us. 
when we got out of our tent, I gave Jessica a look to look down. Encircling our entire tent were tire tracks. We found a couple of counselors that had been campers when they were really young. We said, oh, yeah, you know, we just got back from Leech Lake from the sailing trip. And I said, oh, you went to the haunted campsite. We're like, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, you know, what else do you know about that? Oh, yeah, you know, back in the 70s, there were some college kids from the University of Minnesota that decided to take a little weekend getaway, jumped on their motorcycles, girls on the back, you know, guys driving, headed up to Leech Lake to go camping. And they were murdered. This have been the ghosts of these these college kids. You know, maybe this was the ghost's way of warning us, of telling us stay away. It's interesting. I've I've run into the girls the years, and we've never mentioned it, never talked about it. I don't think I want to rehash it with them. It was that scary. Hi, this is Shannon in Abu Dhabi, and you are listening to RPA, Real Paranormal Activity, with my good friend, Aaron Hunter. Welcome, I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, January 30th, 2023, episode 289. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And as always, glad to be back in the hot seat. And we're going to do listener stories yet again. But first, announcements. Uh, Tomorrow, a brand new episode of Aaron's Horror Show will be released. And Wednesday, I'll be releasing a new short film. Terry is currently out. He's recuperating. And as I mentioned in the last episode, he'll be back mid-February sometime. But he's doing well. And that's basically it. We did get some snow. Uh, It did get a little bit colder, so winter feels a little bit more normal now. But only about an inch or so. No big deal. It's in the teens at night right now or even single digits in some areas, but no big deal. And so with that, let's just get the show on the road. Let's get right to it. And you guys know what that means. Oh, yeah, man, come on. Say it with me. Say it with me. That's right, too. The story then. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving, and the fires are blazing nice and toasty in here. And you guys know the deal. Grab a beanbag over there in the corner, find an empty spot on the floor, and as you guys are doing that, get behind my desk here, get nice and comfy. And I printed off Britt's packet. Thank you, Britt, if you're listening. And let's see what she chose for us today. Okay. Yeah, it looks like uh, they're all medium. Medium-sized stories. Good deal. Let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So good when it hits the lips. All right. The first one. 
This one is by Sanchez, and it's titled Broken Leg. Okay, Sanchez, let's see what you got, man. When I was eight years old, I was staying with this lady in California waiting for my dad to pick me up. A week passed, and he couldn't take off work, so I stayed with the lady for a week. This lady had a son who was a cop, but he was never home. He worked night shifts and morning shifts. She bought him a chubby baby doll for his birthday and also dressed the baby doll as a cop to resemble him. He would always place it on his bed and I would always want to play with it, but the lady wouldn't allow me to. She also had many more dolls, including these four beautiful porcelain dolls. She allowed me to play with those dolls. One night, she was making dinner and I was on the couch in the living room playing with the dolls while the TV was on. While playing with the dolls, I accidentally broke off one of the dolls' legs, and I had the other three dolls sitting side by side next to me. I didn't want to tell the lady what I had done, but I knew she was going to find out anyways. I placed all the dolls laying down on the couch. I took just the one doll I had broken the leg off of. When I got to her and told her what I had done, she said it was okay, and that she would glue it back later. I was so relieved until I went back to the couch. I left the dolls laying down on the couch, and when I went back, all three dolls were sitting up on top of a cushion that belonged to the couch. I was a bit creeped out, so I rushed back to the kitchen and told the lady, and she said, I probably left them like that. I know for sure I didn't leave them on top of a cushion. Weird things started to happen like the pillows of the couch being found on the floor and doll shoes next to them. I told the lady the dolls might have been mad because of what I had done to the other doll's leg. Two nights before I left her house, in the morning we placed the dolls in a plastic bag on a chair in the kitchen before we headed out to go to the grocery store to go buy some fruits. When we got back from the store, we went straight into the kitchen to put the bags away. What we both saw scared the living life out of us. Remember, we left dolls in a plastic bag. When we got to the kitchen, we saw the dolls out of the plastic bag and one of them was in between the bars of the chair and the other two laying down stacked up on each other. The lady then said it might have been her son who came home early from his morning shift. She went to check his room, but his bed was still made with his chubby cop doll laying in his bed. Eyes wide open, she told me not to play or touch the dolls because something might be wrong with them. The day I was finally leaving, she said she was going to burn the dolls to end whatever was going on with them. Till this day, I don't know if she did or not because I lost contact with her. Love the stories. Thank you for reading. And man, it's from Sanchez. Sanchez, thank you very much for sharing. Great story. I think the biggest thing that creeps me out about this is that, um, you know, this young cop's mom, I'm figuring he must be pretty young, uh, his mother bought him a, a doll <laughs> and dressed it up like a cop. Oh, well, whatever. To each their own. But, uh, yeah, this is pretty unique. Um you know, I was thinking this must be the first time anything like this ever happened because I'm assuming that 
she's had the other dolls for quite some time and she probably would have did something to them or got rid of them if this was an ongoing thing yeah so i'm just uh, assuming that this is a one-off it just started up pretty interesting though yeah thank you for sharing yeah man dolls kids and dolls kind of spooky <laughs> all right what's next what do we got this one is by flowers and is titled preschool okay flowers let's see what you got man I work as a preschool teacher and while the school's beautiful positive and belonging to a church it's hard not to wonder if it may still be haunted when I began working here an employee who resigned not long ago would tell me to be careful that this place is haunted I swear she had a sarcastic teasing sense of humor always in a friendly way never going too far so I was positive she was only trying to haze me my boss would repeatedly tell me to eh, just ignore her and please don't quit a few months ago I received a promotion from traveling aide to lead teacher when I was given my own room to manage and hold down I began to notice a few peculiar things happening and started to think maybe my former co-worker had been playfully honest rather than playfully teasing I would lock all my cabinets each day before leaving I was the only one who knew the combinations because I purchased the locks myself even still I unlocked the cabinets the next day to see everything in a different spot admittedly a better spot much more organized than I'd left them but still obviously in a different place sometimes even in a totally different cabinet I asked my boss if she knew who was trying to help me clean my cabinets so that I could thank them but she said I should ask around I asked every single co-worker and no one knew a thing again it wasn't really possible for them to be cleaning the cabinets without knowing my combinations but I'll debunk anything that can be debunked at one point I went into another teacher's room to watch her students so that she could leave a little early there were only two children left in the whole school for the day both hers so it was easy a few minutes into me watching the boys they reached for some Bibles that they shouldn't have had out I said excuse me boys those belong to your teacher not us they immediately giggled and dropped them onto the floor and as soon as the books hit the floor so did a jack-in-a-box behind me I turned to see it and saw what looked like short heat waves next to the toy they were there one second and gone the next eventually a couple of weeks ago I was told by a co-worker who in no way believes in ghosts that the teachers in the toddler room actually believe it's haunted I mean apparently they believe it's a certain person's ghost but who thinks stuff like that is real in a church of all places too I decided to ask a co-worker who teaches in toddler one why they believed it to be haunted she said a couple years ago a teacher from the infant room died in an accident now cribs will move when you're the only one in there 
Sippy cups in the toddler room will be locked away when you know just a minute earlier you left them in the sink. Whispering, giggling, things like that. Yesterday I went into infant two and found that one of our new infants was feeling fussy. I offered to come back and get him in 15 minutes when I was supposed to clock out for lunch, planning to take him with me to walk around outside a little. I ended up clocking out about 30 minutes late. Right before I left my classroom, I saw that one of my two-year-olds was staring off rather than sleeping. I decided to check on him before stepping away, and he told me. She asked me, you'll get the baby. I asked him to repeat himself. He said, that cute baby needs to go outside. Now, this child had no idea what I said to the infant teacher and certainly couldn't hear the baby all the way across the school. Thank you for reading. Oh man, and that's from Flowers. Flowers, thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, interesting stuff. I like how, uh, you know, a teacher that resigned just warns you playfully that, you know, the place is haunted, you don't believe it. Uh, other people there, uh, what, one, at one point you spoke to a person that doesn't believe in ghosts, but uh, they seem to be experiencing some other things. Yeah, it's really, really interesting stuff. Yeah, well, it seems to be helpful. <laughs> you know, it's it's organizing your uh, your uh, cabinets um, and other things are going on, but it doesn't seem to be uh, trying to scare you, whatever it is. Yeah, thank you very much, Flowers. Great story. All right. Yeah, schools. I always like those stories. All right, what do we got? What's next? This one is by Mary, and it's titled Black Magic. Okay, Mary. Let's see what you got, man. This incident occurred almost 20 years ago. It's probably not as scary as the other stories, but it's definitely odd. My family immigrated to Canada when I was nine. Years later, I was living with my mom, brother, grandma, cousin, and an Indonesian houseworker. My maternal relatives are all Chinese Indonesians. At that time, my mom was too busy to take care of us. So our aunt found a houseworker slash cleaner slash caretaker from Indonesia to help around. I can't remember her name. We always change houseworkers, but let's call her Mia. She is quite an easygoing person. I was probably the only one who casually talked and joked with her the most, regardless of our status. One day when I returned home from school, I didn't see Mia. She was usually in the kitchen or somewhere on the first floor at this hour. So I asked my grandma about it, and she told me Mia was in the basement resting in her room. Then, she said in the early afternoon, Mia suddenly came up from the basement crying uncontrollably and trying to hug my grandma for comfort. Her hair was cut short, like really short, to the point some parts of her scalp was almost exposed. It was not nicely cut either, as if someone had randomly snipped her hair strand by strand. She looked a mess. I remember my grandma saying that Mia got the snipped hair all over my grandma's clothes when Mia was hugging her. 
A while later, Mia calmed down and went back down to the basement to get some sleep. I should note that my grandma doesn't speak Indonesian or English, so she couldn't communicate or ask what was going on. One thing for sure is no one else was in the house except Mia and my grandma. For the next few days, Mia still cleaned around the house, but she looked really down and emotionless. I was a bit scared to talk to her. My cousin bought her a wig, and that was what she wore every day. And no one else told me what really happened that day. Slowly, things went back to normal, and Mia was also returning to her usual self. I forgot how the conversation started, but she opened up the details to me about that weird incident. She was just resting in a room, and then the next thing she remembered was her hair was cut, and her hair was everywhere. To her surprise, she was the one holding the scissors. By the time she realized it, she broke down and rushed upstairs. The rest was what my grandma told me. Then, she was telling me about her life back in Indonesia. She had a boyfriend back home and often dreamed about him, always telling her to come back to Indonesia. Her parents hated him, though, and instead wanted her to marry a rich man. She doesn't like him at all, which was why she left home to work in Canada so she could avoid him. She suspected that man probably hired someone to cast a spell on her and made her cut her own hair as a punishment for running away from him. At that time, I didn't know much about black magic or voodoo. Actually, even now, I still don't know much about it. I just had an idea that it's something similar to cursing someone and causing them to have bad luck. Weeks after the incident, my mom said Mia had to return to Indonesia. I asked her why. All she said was because her contract terms had ended with us. Although, I didn't really believe that. My mom was probably afraid more unusual events might somehow get us all involved. Thank you for taking the time to read. And man, <laughs> that's for Mary. Mary, thank you very much for sharing. You know, the first thing that comes to mind, tell you honestly, to debunk some of these things, uh, maybe mental illness, you know? Um, you can have like a, somehow have a blackout, don't remember what you did, and then all of a sudden you come to, scissors in her hand, she cut her own hair. Yeah, that could be possible. Uh, but then again, well, another thing is, is that, you know, let's say it's supernatural, right? And so she rushes upstairs, she's hugging your grandma, her hair is all cut. And then, after she calms down, she goes back downstairs. You know, if it's something I like that, I wouldn't go back downstairs. You know, whatever's causing, that caused that, right? But she does. So, I don't know. You know, it could be supernatural or not. I'm thinking mental illness of some sort. But then again, you got the black magic aspect of it. Yeah, you know, if you believe in that sort of thing, it probably can uh, make you do things that you're unaware of. So, it's an interesting story, though. So, very, uh, you know, thank you very much for uh, sharing that. Yeah, man, you never know. Whatever you guys think, hey, your guess is as best as mine. <laughs> and, well, that's it. That's all the stories that Britt sent me. And I just want to thank you guys. We're very flattered that you come over to the uh, RPA network, and hopefully you're finding you know, something you like. We work hard over here for you, and we love it. 
And just remember this Wednesday, and Terry's out, and uh, I'm going to release a new short film just to fill up that space for you guys so you have more content. And also, if you want to help out the network, you can sign up to be a premium member, and you can go to the website, realparanormalactivity.com. There's a big old button there that says Get Premium Membership. It's only $3.99 a month, and you can cancel anytime, and it really helps us out. It helps us pay the bills and all that sort of thing. And what you get is the past archived episodes of the RPA show. You get the past listener stories, past interviews, bonus episodes, and I've even done a little bit over 30 audiobooks of folklore from around the world. So you get a lot of content for $3.99, not a donation. You get something for your money. And thank you in advance for those of you who decide to sign up. And also, if you haven't gotten the uh, RPA app, it's free. I had it built for you guys because we love you guys. Just go to your app store and do a search for Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, and you'll see our iconic aqua blue eye and download it for free. Fully functional with video capability. Stream anytime, anywhere with the tap of your finger. And with that, I am calling it. The show has been produced by myself and Britt and is also made possible by La Foss Corporation. And man, we love you. Oh yeah, we do. As always, thank you and good night.